0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Hungarian Grand Prix Preview Edition of the Wing F1 podcast. I'm Freddie Coates and I'm here with Adam Dickinson and Nigel Chu. How are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm back home now after being in Sheffield for the last one with awful Wi-Fi. Um, (laughs) So hopefully that'll be better. But yeah, I'm good. Looking forward to Hungary um, and seeing how a different track throws up. Essentially a different result or will allow us to learn a lot more about the season anyway.
2: Yeah, same as Adam really, just looking forward to the weekend. Can anyone topple the mighty mercs? We'll we'll find out.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what we're going to be focusing our podcast on today is who who will come out on top in Hungary, uh, the recent revelations in the driver transfer market, which I'm sure most of you will have heard about, and the rumblings after the Styrian Grand Prix that was last weekend in Austria. So I think we'll start with the big news that's been rumbling along this week, it really developed the past few days, which is, is Sebastian Vettel going to racing point? Nigel, what do you think of this?
2: Uh, In one word, I think yes, it is going (laughs) to happen. Well, when, I'm not sure. So, from what I've heard and know about, Perez uh, has a release clause, which means if the team can give him some money to not drive. Uh, next year and that 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 date that that clause has to be done by. Sorry, I'm messing up my words here. Is the <laughs> 31st of July? So then, basically, basically within the next two weeks, we might hear that Perez will not be driving for Racing Point, and then Sebastian Vettel is going to come in. We've also heard that Fernando Alonso was in Cotmore's. Had contact with Racing Point. Uh, wow. But obviously, he's joined Renault. So I think that kind of suggests that Racing Point, who will, who will be Aston Martin next year, are looking for a superstar driver. And that superstar driver could be some bashing metal. But unfortunately, it could be Perez will go. So that's what we know so far.
0: Yeah, Adam, it looked like a bit of a shut door a couple of weeks ago, did Racing Point. Oh, my now it has been very, very clever with his words in interviews, people seem to pick up on, saying we're happy with our drivers for 2020 and we don't see any reason to change. But why not for 2021? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the quote I'd seen. He's being, uh, I think, ambiguous deliberately with his words. I mean, for Vettel, it seems like, one, I'd say there's, there's Red Bull and Mercedes, but kind of those aren't looking like major options at the moment Um, and Aston Martin as it will be kind of seem like the next best option for him Um, with the money that's coming in I guess obviously Perez brings a lot to the team both on and off the track Um, and you know he's a kind of underrated driver in terms of how good he is in the midfield but yeah if they're looking to bring in a superstar driver then you know Vettel would be top of that list. To bring that in,
2: the per- question I, the question I have, for, well, for both of you is: Is Vettel the right driver though? Is it worth taking, take getting rid of Perez in, re, in replacement for Vettel?
0: Well, I think Perez has a, um, he's got such a reputation in that team. He obviously was very, very key in saving the team when it was forced into yeah. it from administration, and he, well, no, from collapse, he put it into administration, obviously, and. Um, From now on, that's then jumped leaps and bounds and has become racing point. And since then, it's going to be Aston Martin. Racing point. Yeah, tracing point. We'll get into that later, I think. Um, And now it's going to be Aston Martin. So that team is going places and they mean business. Um, So I think it's a bit naff to chuck Perez is where I tend to lean my perspective of it. But... We haven't spoken about this yet, but is that you think there's any um, capacity for them to drop Lance Stroll?
1: Well, I was kind of going to say that in answer to Nigel's question. I don't really think Perez. I don't think Vettel over Perez would be a massive upgrade in terms of kind of the package of on track and what he brings off track. You know, I know Vettel would bring a lot of kind of hype, but you know, I, I think. Perez is one of the best drivers in the sport. He's just not had that seat at a big team, kind of in his prime. But yeah, I think Stroll. You know, obviously it's a tough, tough situation with his dad. Um, you know, so I don't know. It's it seems to be all up to Lawrence really as to what he wants to do for it. But I think if they went into the season with Vettel and Perez as a driver pairing, that would be kind of really formidable.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think with see this is my problem. It's the pay driver thing again. You know, Lance Stroll does he should he be an F one? You know, maybe, but I think the money that he's bringing is absolutely vital. Uh, Will Will Lawrence Stroll really get rid of his own son? That's the thing. I just I don't see it happening. So I do think Perez is going to have the short straw here. But I think for Vettel, this is fantastic opportunity really because Racing Point might even have the second quickest car this year possibly uh, up there with Red Bull just behind Mercedes so with next year with Aston Martin coming on board more money Aston Martin could be a top team especially if Mercedes doesn't stay in the sport post 2021 Aston Martin could become the top team with Vettel there again so it's a fantastic lifeline for Vettel if, if this happens and Unfortunately unfortunately for Perez, he he might have to go somewhere else to stay in Formula 1.
0: Touching on what you said about Lawrence and Lance there um, and how you can't really see Lawrence getting rid of his son, is there not an argument to say that Lawrence Stroll is such a canny businessman? He's obviously got himself to the position where he's able to fund a Formula 1 team and a Formula 1 drive for his son prior to that and with such a rigorous procedure to get him up to speed in the 2016 Williams car around them before his first season, um, or 2014 car on 2016 track, something like that. And um, do you not think is there not cause to say that Lawrence Stroll knows business and knows that there would be better options than keeping his son on? Do you not think he would understand that if he if he even if he bought a stake in Aston Martin to give his son a Formula One drive? He would completely lose credibility for that team. Do you think he would understand that and not do that?
1: Well, I think it's difficult because he's sunk so much money into Lance's career that then if he kind of pulls the plug on that um, after you know not that many seasons in the sport, that's kind of you know not a great mm. outcome for for what he's put in to that. But yeah, on the flip side, if if Lance isn't the best driver available for Aston Martin then you know it's not a good business move to carry on with him so I think it just depends what his kind of aim is with buying Aston Martin and kind of pushing well I think maybe for buying Aston Martin whether it's to give Lance a continued drive for as long as as long as he wants as long as Lance wants to do it or whether it's to have a stake in a successful F1 team, and I think those two are different aims, and he put different drivers in depending on which one he's going for from that. But only he'll know that. You know, we've got no idea.
2: Yeah, I agree with Adam there. It depends on what Lance wants to do. Does he want to win world championships? If he does, a Lance Stroll in your team, for me, is not going to get you. World Championships. Mm. So, really, you need two great drivers, and Perez and Vettel will be a brilliant lineup. And yeah, just hopefully Perez can stay on the grid because I feel he's getting really lost a word. <laughs> not to say it to there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean
1: I... no, I was just going to say, you know, I think any. Any team really I think would benefit from Perez I thought I think most teams on the grid would benefit from having Perez in the building um, as a frontline driver to be honest you know I don't I think if he does drop out it'll be incredibly harsh because you know I can't especially kind you know obviously we don't know what the top teams are thinking but you know he even in the top teams, you know, I can see him fitting in, and definitely in the midfield or the kind of class E teams, you know, I, I think he'd improve any of them. So it would be incredibly harsh if he does drop out of the sport.
0: I was convinced a few years ago he was going to move to Ferrari around 17, 18, around then. And I thought it was a right snub that he didn't. And I was in the musical chairs a couple of years ago. I was glad that he was chosen over on at Force India because I thought the sport would have been. Had more of a long term loss, so I thought Ocon had more chance of getting back into the sport than Perez would have done because Perez is in his, is, he's been around now, he's, he's had his age. I mean, you look at Hulkenberg, everyone's going, Oh, Hulkenberg's had his chance. Whereas with Ocon, is it, like, Oh, no, he hasn't had his chance. But with Perez, people would have said they would have go. Well, that was it, he went to McLaren, all of that jazz. So, but I think the seats that are being touted for Perez, which has been reported in, I think it's the um, South American press, that he has spoken to Haas and Alfa Romeo. I know, Nigel, you think that one of those is very good for him.
2: Yeah, I, I thought he was going to go to Haas last year or a couple of years ago, actually. So I think Haas is a good move, especially since the Haas team has stuck with Kevin Maddison and Roman Grosjean for, I think, three years now. So I think they need a change of lineup. Perez himself also does bring some money with him, some backing. So that will help Haas out if they want to stay in Formula 1 I would love to see Perez at Red Bull but that's more of just a dream really uh, will Red Bull go outside of their programme I kind of really doubt it but I think Haas would be the best fit for Perez if he can't stay at Racing Point
0: I think yeah. um, I saw somewhere the other day that Magnussen and Grosjean is one of the top 10 lo- longest driver pairings in Formula 1 and you look at that and think how's really? that happen what have they <laughs> Done. Um, no offence to Hass. Um, do, does anyone have anything else they want to say on Vettel?
1: Um, well, I think we've kind of not really explored that side, but obviously the the other factor in this is a does Vettel want it, and b kind of how much how much is his heart still in F one, and you know he's come off several down years with Ferrari, and you know he's going to be leaving to go to well, if, if he did hypothetically, he'd be going to Aston Martin, you know, having lost out to Leclerc potentially for two years in a row, kind of from what we've seen so far, and kind of a a, what's his drive and motivation like at this point, and b, kind of, you know, would he be, what level would he be at because, you know, he's not in the same car as Leclerc, he's not been able to, to beat him, and in the, you know, when he was at Red Bull, he wasn't able to beat. Uh, kind of getting into dangerous territory, but he got beat by Ricardo, who then got beat by Verstappen. So, you know, kind of against, against the top Cardinal sin. teams. Yeah, against the top teams, you know, how would he stack up? You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure about that, but.
0: Well, he's still playing the game. On Sky Sports um, at the Syrian Grand Prix, Brundle said that Sebastian Vettel had asked to have an interview with him today, Thursday, um, in now. Hungary.
2: I think that interview was because it clashed with another interview with oh, okay. another TV broadcaster. So I think that's just a bit of trying to create a story out of nothing, to be honest. But but yeah, yeah, he, he has. Rec- there will be an interview. Whether there will be anything from it, we don't know.
0: But, we know it's going yeah, to
2: be. Th- <laughs> yeah, but for Vettel, this this like I said before, it's a huge opportunity if he can get the Aston Martin team, because I I believe there will be one of the big guns in two or three years time uh he's called is he 33 now something like that so he's, he's still got a good few years left in him so he, he can definitely stay in F one for three or four years but he has to bring uh, what we saw yeah in his red bull days or even his early ferrari days 2015 and 2016 he, he, he was quite good and yeah, just the last few years have let him down. But maybe a new team, a new environment. Uh, he will. He will also be number one, we presume, with Stroll as a number two driver. I guess. So that's something that could help him a lot. If say if he went, say Vettel went to Red Bull, he would almost certainly be number two. So that that wouldn't play into his hands. So Then, if anything, Racing Point, Aston Martin, that that is the seat. Uh, everyone would want, apart from the Mercedes seat, obviously. I think that's the seat that, that yeah, that, that'll sort of go for.
0: Yeah, and I think moving on from that, we can stick with Racing Point while we're there and go on to another rumbling story from the back end of the steering Grand Prix, which was Renault protesting the brake ducts of the Racing Point. Um, Do we think that there is any grounds to this or do we think it's just Renaults being salty about their um, brake bias in Japan last year? Nigel, do you want to go with that?
2: Uh, I think... Well, the thing for me is I sent out a tweet a couple of years ago. How have Racing Point built a car that is almost identical or 90% identical as what the Mercedes of last year was without any well, just from photos, they say, they must have had some help from Mercedes, which is, well, kind of mad, really, because if they're allowed to do that, how come Red Bull and Toy Rosso haven't been doing this kind of thing for years? So there must have been something going on. And if if the brake ducts are found to be exactly the same as, as last year's Mercedes, then, yeah, we could be getting into some sort of trouble here for Mercedes and Racing Point because if you're allowed to effectively just copy a top team, then we're just going to see four Red Bulls. Well, this year's Red Bull and next year's Red Bull on the grid. And then six Mercedes and six Ferraris and two Renaults.
0: Adam, do you want to copy a Ferrari? Um,
1: I think a Ferrari supercar, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> um, maybe not an F1 car at the moment I mean maybe this is what the sport needs you know maybe it's going to become a spec series <laughs> um you know and have crazy races every week but no I mean I don't you know brake brake ducts especially you know it's a very good job if you're copying them from photos because you know that, on there's them. Not, yeah yeah I know <laughs> there's not many not many times that they're exposed and available for you to see what's going on um but yeah, I think we don't know kind of what Renault's motivation was, you know, for kind of leaving it a couple of weeks and then protesting it. Um, you know, was it just that Stroll's move at Ricardo kind of <laughs> had them? <laughs> was the straw that broke the camel's back, or or what? I don't know. But um, yeah, it it is very identical <laughs> to the Mercedes of last year. I think I the-
2: this. I think this story's going to go on for quite a while. we'll yeah probably end up in court so yeah go the on. key
0: point from this protest that I think for me was um the response on Monday that the the protest was deemed admissible um so there is grounds for the protest from racing point, and the f i a are going to look into this they don't think they're not they've not thrown it out and it, there is going to be an investigation and they've requested the designs of the 2019 Mercedes brake ducts. Mm. So, I mean, they can overlay as much as they like, but once you just look at the, the 2019, I don't know what they've done with that. I know they have they would have done a lot of the 2020 designs. So it, I,
1: think, I think a lot of it will be kind of looking at what Racing Point have in terms of their design iterations of developing it. So we know that when when they were developing, when Racing Point were developing it, you know, they've spoken to the FIA and liais- liaised with the FIA and they didn't find any kind of problem with it at the time. Um, but I think a lot of it will be kind of, you know, because if you've got identical brake ducts or near identical brake ducts, but you can show all of the design processes that you took to make it there, you know, they, they'll probably get away with that. So I think it will centre around that. Um, in terms of can they prove, you know, it's kind of like when you do a math exam and you've got to show you're working out. Um, <laughs> you know, can can they prove that, you know, they they came to the same conclusion as Mercedes with the brake ducks, but organically?
2: Yeah, for, for F1, this is a massive thing. It's <coughs> a point. If this is allowed, we're going to see the Down, the Toy Rosso, whatever like they had the previous year, etc. It's create a whole new scenario really for the sport, and yeah, I guess it comes down to the fundamentals of F one, like about design and creating your own cars and things like that. So yeah, this is a massive, massive story, and it will be interesting to see how it develops. I just don't understand how you can create a car so similar not only that extracts the performance as well, because one little bit that's not the same, will have a huge effect for the rest of the car. So for me, something must have happened behind the scenes.
0: There was um, in the 2018 Haas, it was Racing Point, then Force India at the start of the season, who were most vocal about yeah. being against the processes of Haas to, in what looked like a carbon copy of the 2017 Ferrari that year transferred into 2018 cars if you hold a, a an image of the 2018 Haas next to the 2017 ferrari the side pods are such a unique design and yet they, they they flow really well into each other and so they were incredibly vocal about it and said well if you can do this then we'll just go and get our partnership and,
1: <laughs> and here did. we are <laughs> i mean you know i'm not going to be as um, final on it as Nigel I think you know I'll wait. I wait I you know I think there is definitely there is a way that they could do it you know you just need to get a hell of a lot of photos and with your map photographers there are right, F1 that's
2: I don't fun. think there is a way to do it if you get Giorgio piola's calendar
1: yeah exactly <laughs> um, so yeah I, th- I think it will definitely rumble on it'll be very interesting to follow but I think you know there is there is a possibility that it is legal, and we'll just have to wait and see on that. Imagine I mean, if
2: this affects Mercedes as well; they get disqualified for, yeah. for allowing Racing Point to have yeah. the car.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be. I mean, you know, we we've harped on for ages about wanting more teams fighting at the top, and now we've now we've got that with uh, Racing Point. Then, yeah, break them down. To you can't win, can you?
0: Well, whoever is winning is the person who came up with the tracing Point pun. I think that is. Just yeah, I so, agree. Um, moving on to this weekend, then we've got so much rumbling over um, the big. The big discussion for this point is it's our second track of 2020. The first time we're not racing in Austria. This is amazing, guys. We're going to Hungary. Um, the fact that it's actually been able to happen, that Formula One, the circus, has been able to move a the entire paddock to another country in a pandemic currently. How do we think that's going? Do you think, that, do you think that's been handled really well? I think it's been done very well, despite you know some obvious reports about hmm. the Hungarian authorities. Adam, what do you think?
1: Well, I think, A, it's interesting that none of the drivers have gone back to Monaco for this weekend. Um, they've decided not Apart to risk... Apart from Valtteri Bottas doing it again.
2: Yeah. No, I yes. I've not seen
1: that. Yeah. Um, well, that's gone well. Um, I also saw Jack Aitken of F2 had um sent out to tweet that he was in his hotel and they're not so ser- he's not allowed to leave the hotel and they weren't serving lunch so he was a bit mm. confused about what to do. I um, to Oscar that. Piastri
0: from the three as well. There are a couple of them who yeah. caught up with that I yeah.
1: guess. Um but yeah, I've I've kind of not not kept my eye on it too much, but you know, it's 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 a great step that they've been able to um to do it and yeah, I'm really looking forward to this weekend really and seeing as you say it's a different track seeing how teams go there because you know we've seen we're kind of at the moment we're basing all of our um kind of predictions and thoughts on the F1 season off one track a bit of testing but you know we it's kind of quite a small sample size to actually look at and be able to to draw a lot of conclusions from so I think after this weekend we'll have a lot more um, kind of information on how the season's shaping up so yeah I'm really looking forward to it
2: Yeah Formula One has done a brilliant job handling this a, a few months ago I thought there wouldn't even be a season at all so to be having a third race already in, in July at the Hungarian Grand Prix is just fantastic really and uh, no cases so far in the, I think 8,000 tests have been done so far that we've seen so yeah they've done a fantastic job really and hopefully uh, we can get the 15 to 18 races uh, that Liberty Media are, are aiming for, but as for Hungary, yeah, it's all about can Red Bull bring the fight to Mercedes or or will Mercedes dominate? I guess. Uh, Freddie, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, Toto Wolf is already playing the victim card, isn't he? In the press, <laughs> saying, Um, oh, Red Bull of the team to beat? They'll be, I think, he's he's that. The exact phrase I saw was that they will roar in Hungary. Um the Bulls roar? They they headbutt.
1: They, they pour the ground, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they, they roar. Back think, to the drawing forward for his metaphors on that. Yeah,
0: I mean, second language. Um But I think Red Bull famously, their car is a bit more downforce heavy, a bit more aerodynamically sound on these kind of twisty tracks, they can they can take a lot of speed through their corners. Um, normally running a bit more of a draggy setup than other teams. Um I think it'll be very interesting to see, but Mercedes just had such an edge in the past two rounds that I think well, I think, I think it's very obvious that they're still definitely the team to beat. I think they'll we saw that the was able to get in amongst it for such a length in the race in this year in Grand Prix that Red Bull I think will be in amongst it, as I say, they'll be there or thereabouts, but Mercedes are the obvious favourite still, for me.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and not not just that, kind of who's the team to beat, but Lewis is the driver to beat. He's won at Hungary seven times, that, yeah. and if he wins again, he'll double the next. You know, Michael Schumacher is the second most wins there, and he's only on four. You know, he he loves the track, and he's he's won I think three of the last four. Years there as well in the Mercedes. So, um,
0: I need to go and change one of the quiz questions now.
1: Uh, great. Um, (laughs) I just need to be quick on my buzzer. So, um, yeah, I you know, I think he's definitely the driver to beat. And you know, we'll just have to see. Last year, I think Mercedes were quicker. Um, you know, Verstappen had the track position and you know, was able to defend well from. Lewis until Mercedes played one of the best tactical um, or strategy blinders that I've ever seen in terms of pitting Lewis. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know we don't know. I I just think we don't know enough at the moment to see. After practice, we'll you know have a bit more of an idea. Um, but kind of until then, I'm not going to be betting against Mercedes at all.
0: I think you on know, practice in the in the steering Grand Prix led to led a lot of people to think that Mercedes would be under challenge with Verstappen topping free practice too, despite everyone going yeah. that it's going to be a full guns blazing mm. session because qualifying was yeah thought to be cancelled but at that point. So I think Verstappen surely is going to be amongst it. Where do you think um, Ferrari will sit this weekend. They've obviously got upgrades supposed to be coming. They pushed a few forwards to to Styria, but they will have more coming now. Do we think that a draggy car will be better in the Hungara ring, Nigel?
2: Well, you'd think they would be better, but last year they finished a minute down, didn't they? So I think this weekend we could see them getting lapped. In fact, lapped on on last weekend on Sunday, they probably would have been lapped. Mm. So we're just yeah, effectively that's just been pushed a week back. So yeah, don't be surprised if we see Mercedes and Red Bull lapping Ferrari, which would be quite, quite something, really. Uh, where will it be? It's hard to say that they're going to bring the rest of the upgrades. I think that they plan to bring this weekend. So whether that will work, we'll have to see. Vettel usually goes well around Hungary, so it should be again pretty close between him and the. But yeah, I think I think for Ferrari, they just need to get lots of running, have a clean weekend to see where they truly are, because we, they've not had a, cl- a clean a clean race weekend yet to see where they are up against McLaren, Racing Point, and Renault.
1: I'm a bit more optimistic for Ferrari this weekend, just because of the nature of Hungary, in terms of the, you know, it's not a power heavy track in the same way Austria is, and that was where Ferrari were losing um, the most time. I think the first in the Austrian Grand Prix, they were slowest in the speed trap out of every team. Um, so I think, I think they'll go better at Hungary. And as you said, Vettel has gone well there for Ferrari in the past. Um, but yeah, it's also just, as you said, about benchmarking performance and seeing whether and having a clean race and not crashing into each other. Um, but yeah, I think that they could well be a team to look out for, um, but probably more in the kind of top of the midfield battle rather than, um, Fighting out for any race win.
0: It's such a different track to the Rebel Ring that a lot yeah. of teams will be um, tr- trying to cover their blushes if they if they need to, because they could have put on a good showing in Austria and might might filter down the order a touch in Hungary. Do we think that's the case, or do we think there's going to be a very similar competitive order with a Racing Point, McLaren, Renault at a at a further at a higher Position in the midfield compared to the lower down teams: Hass, Mayo Williams, perhaps Alpha Tauri as well. No man's land team.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we are going to see a different order slightly. I think Renault will be quite strong because Austria was one of the has been one of the weaker tracks in the last few years. So I think Renault should be should be up there. McLaren. As well, well, well. I guess it's just the same names, really. It's just about who <laughs> who executes at the most important time, I guess. Who mm-hmm. can pull out the qualifying lap and maximise everything, really? But yeah, Hungary is a it is more of a downforce track. But with the tracks coming up, a lot of them, a lot of them have become less downforce. Uh, they have less downforce importance, if, Yeah, if that makes sense. Or so. Yeah, it, it'll be fascinating, really.
1: Yeah, I think we could see a bit more of a shaken-up order compared to the Red Bull Ring and also what we end up seeing at Silverstone as well. They're different tracks. Um, or the Hungar Ring's different to that as well. Um, yeah, I, Alf, uh, sorry, Alpha Tauri could be a name to look out for, as I say every week. Um, right. But yeah I, yeah, I think we will will see a mixed up order, but, you know, I'm, I don't... I don't feel like I'm able to kind of put my name down too much. I mean, Carlos Sainz finished fifth in Hungary last year. Um, You know, so that could be one to throw out there. But yeah, I think, um, you know, for for the moment, we'll get a clearer idea of how it goes, you know, tomorrow. But I think, yeah. I think, think think oh, Williams. Sorry, I was just going to throw out Williams as a team to look out for. Um, Obviously, George Russell did a lot better. Uh, last year, there than any other track. Um, so, you know, I think they they'll definitely be kind of a team that could challenge or could surprise a few people. But um, I don't think George Russell will get points because he seems to be cursed not to ever get yeah. them. <laughs> Nigel, sorry, I interrupted
2: you. No, that's all right. I think in terms of the front, this is a huge weekend, really, because Mercedes should be very strong. But Silverstone, Spain, Spa compared to Red Bull. So if Red Bull can't win this weekend or they don't have the pace, then it's definitely game over. Mm -hmm. The Championship, (laughs) I'd say, unfortunately. (laughs) That's what it is. I'm going to say this if Mercedes win this weekend, I think they will win every race for the rest of the season.
0: Does a little bit of you want that to happen just to be like, this is really. No,
2: definitely definitely (laughs) not. (laughs) I I want to see Red Bull versus Mercedes. For the the
1: championship. I'm kind of with Freddie a bit like, you know, I I don't want it every season, but just kind of seeing them complete this kind of F1 dynasty that's, Mm. you know, one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant teams over such a long stretch of time. um, To see them kind kind of.
0: Percentage wise, there's still a touch. behind from their 2016 season they were 19 out of 21 races so mm. percentage wise they're a little bit off the 15 out of 16 from the MP44 1988 McLaren season which mm. was um, which would have been a win as well if not for a back marker on the, on the <laughs> second to last lap or something of Monza um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think if Mercedes do win every race we're actually going to this as a feasible discussion um, if I were Mercedes I wouldn't stay in the sport after winning every race wow. you've completed Formula um, 1 surely
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean I, I thought before the 2022 regulations were postponed there was a chance Mercedes would pull out as a manufacturer that could still happen but not this year next year post 2021 before the new new regulations because they have achieved everything that, uh, in terms of money, they the profit they've gained over the last ten years has skyrocketed. They've, yeah, I mean it'll be what seven consecutive championships this year if they win yeah. both the drivers and constructors, which is just absolutely incredible. They've rewritten the record books. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if
0: they get a front row lockout, they'll they'll get that record as well now they're a mm. joint with Ferrari. I thought that if you had a season at the moment, I looked at that stat, it came up on Scott. I'm just rambling now. Um, it said 65 front row lockouts, Mercedes, same for Ferrari. And then I think Williams and McLaren were like 62 or 63. And I thought, well, that sort of worked out interestingly. Because if all of them were up there fighting for front row lockouts, it'd be quite fun. Yeah. they're not. So <laughs> that's my, my kind of dream is to have like four or five teams up there.
1: I think if To kind of counter Nigel's point, yes, you know, there's there's nowhere else for them to go if they um, if they get if they win every race, but you know, their their aim, I don't think their aim kind of coming in was ever to to um, win win every race and then Mm -hmm. leave. You know, I, I think if they can if they could, you know, kind of go over into the next set of regulations and do well, then that would put them kind of I think above any other. F1 dynasty, F1 dominance that I can think of in terms of kind of sustained over, uh, you know, coming up to kind. Of, well, it'd be going a bit far ahead, but you know, kind of eight-year period um, and and over several regulation changes um, mm. and one that's they're being touted as the biggest in the sports history. I think, aren't they all? That, yeah, but I think that'd be <laughs> you know the challenge, if they could surmount that challenge and you know I don't see why they couldn't if any team were to do it, you know, they'd be probably top of the list. Then, you know, that would elevate them above above kind of any other any other team I can think.
0: I um I think they have been brilliant for the sport, Mercedes. And it would be sad to see them go, so my money's on the for winning this weekend. Um, just for that. Uh, moving on to <laughs> Moving on to some predictions. If we want to just do some quick fire, yep. quick fire jabs at who we think will win pole and I don't know, sixth place. Go, Adam.
1: Um, Hamilton will win and get pole and he won't get sixth. Um,
0: That's, That's a good
1: prediction. Um, <laughs> I will go Leclerc to get sixth.
2: Alright hmm. Mr Nigel uh, I'm gonna Well I know I said Mercedes might win Every race But I'm gonna say Verstappen Run <laughs> yeah. again Just Because I really Hope Red Bull Can do well Just for the championship uh, Verstappen took His first pole position Last year Didn't he I think, I think I'm think gonna go Hamilton uh, For pole position there, And then For sixth place I'm gonna say Albon I think Albon's Gonna have a not-so-good yeah. race, and mm. then that could lead to more rumours as yeah. him not staying Ooh, with yeah. that bull. So I'm going to go a bit bold. Yeah.
0: Nigel, predicting next week's podcast topic. Um I'm going to go Bottas-Pole, Hamilton-Win, sainz sixth, which is the 2019 formula.
1: Yeah. We'll see, oh. see if we can um cover these predictions next time as well in our reaction yeah we'll,
0: yeah we'll go back on a reaction to ourselves yeah um, yeah I think last week we were thrown off a bit by the rain but <laughs> I think there is yeah. some forecast for sort of lighter rain across the weekend in 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 the hungaro ring we won't know yeah yeah, no. yeah.
2: The thing is with Hungary, it needs to rain a lot because it's really, really hot there usually. So then mm. even a little bit of rain, it won't really do anything. But when it does rain... not just make it humid? Days, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, when it <laughs> does rain in the past, it, it has rained a lot. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, whether that will spice things up, we'll see. 2018 qualifying yeah.
0: springs to mind.
1: If we do get heavy rain, then it's just game over for anyone other than Hamilton, I think. Um, <laughs> seeing, seeing how dominant he A is at Hungary, B is in the rain, I think put those two together and you've got a pretty, um, pretty good <laughs> formula for, for a win, personally.
0: And now it's time for our Hungary quiz which today is between Nigel Chu and Adam Dickinson, who are going head-to-head to battle for the honours of being the yeah. best at Magyar Ditch knowledge. Um, so, you guys ready? You all practiced up? You ready on your, your mm. voice buzzers?
1: Well, I'm, oh, I'm hyped for your quiz worry. more. I'm hyped for your quiz because you'll been bigging this up all week, so I'm really...
0: Uh, oh, just please. Yeah. I've got yeah. 10 Big
2: questions. Big expected. Um,
0: I have had to add a last-minute question, but I think it is adequate. Okay, right. You guys ready for question one? Yes. Big one. Yes. Not the big two. Who (laughs) receives penalties in the twenty fifteen race for causing a collision, speeding in the pit lane, and overtaking under the safety car?
2: Nigel. Nigel, go. Was it Pastor Maldonado?
0: The. Lord and Master Pastor Maldonado. Yes. That's
1: a slam dunk. Yes. (laughs) Grand grand slam. The grand slam that you don't want to get in racing.
0: (laughs) That is. One point for Nigel. That's in. Question two Heikki Kovalainen won the 2008 Hungarian Grand Prix to take his only Grand Prix win. Well done, Heikki. But who broke down three laps in the end to hand it
2: to him? Nigel, Nigel. I heard, so I, got I, heard Adam,
0: I heard Adam first. It was Felipe Massa.
2: Oh.
0: Correct, Amondo. to Adam. Cost him Dick- the
2: championship, that.
0: Yeah. Everything cost him the championship that year. <laughs> it did, yeah. um, I,
1: I was waiting because I, I didn't know if it would be who won or mm. um, when you first mentioned it or like, you know, what year it was in. So I was kind of just waiting to see how the
0: question panned out. Well, I started, yeah. the first five words of the question were, Hey, kick over the line and won the
2: 2008. But, <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but until that point.
2: <laughs> In which country did he win?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what track was used? Um,
0: well, question number three is a bit more of a historical one, I think. Actually, no, it's, you yeah, know, whatever. Um, we're neck and neck. Jensen Button won the 2006 Hungarian Grand Prix to take his first F1 win. Well done, Jensen. Where did he start on the grid? Nigel. Nigel, go.
2: Uh, 14th.
0: He's done it, ladies and gentlemen. 14th oh, boy, yes. position. Fair play. Fair um, play. That's
1: a big clutch play there from Nigel. For,
0: for, <laughs> no, for no bonus points, where did he qualify? Uh,
2: Adam. So we didn't st- he didn't start where he caught hard. Yeah,
1: Adam. Adam, yeah. Uh, fourth?
0: Yes. Ten place, a ten. Ten, oh. ten place penalty. Well, well, I it think that wasn't the
2: question. No, I, I didn't want to put it as a question. I
0: thought that would be too mean to have as the question. Yeah.
1: I figured it'd be ninth ninth or fourth with a, Yeah,
0: five place they were a bit yeah, more ten place. a bit more hasty on the ten place grid penalties for um engine issues mm. in two thousand six. They did um, use more
2: engines though. Mm.
0: Uh, Question four When was the first Hungarian Grand Prix? Nigel. Adam. Nigel, go. I heard Nigel first. 1986. It is. It's 1986. I was
1: going to say that.
0: Adam, the comeback needs to start now. That's all right. With question five Who is the only Hungarian driver to race in Formula One? (laughs) No. <laughs> um,
1: um, um, I have literally no idea.
0: I can give you some clues by telling you who you raced
2: for. That's oh, so not going to help. I, I, I I'm <laughs> Nigel, I'm going to guess. I know this is a common Hungarian name. So, Zabo?
0: No. No.
2: Right. Adam, nice? we'll
0: throw it over to you with a clue. He drove for Jordan for about one or two races and then he drove a season for Minardi. Zoltan. I thought you were going to get it there. You're both going to throw it off, throw the sack in? Is it Zolta? No. Oh.
1: No, I, I, I have no idea.
0: It's Zolt Baumgartner. Oh. No, I was never, ever going to get that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought there was a chance because it was two thousand and four that he drove, but
2: mm. I'm surprised there's only been one Hungarian. actually. I'm not there was um <laughs>
0: No, I'm getting mixed up with someone else. Yeah. I thought there was someone who did a practice session, but I don't think there was. Um, okay, so unless you both miss out on another question, this could there will be a winner. Um, so question six. Damon Hill put in a performance for the ages in the 1997 Hungarian Grand Prix, leading for most of the way after a demon move on Michael Schumacher before a hydraulic issue two laps from the end. And Jacques Villeneuve then overtook him and won the race. What minnow team was he driving for? Nigel. Nigel? Arrows.
1: Yep, it was Arrows. I need to listen to the races, bring back the 10th <laughs> podcast on that. That's oh, it's up such, on what It's mind. such
0: a good story. And Sky F1 did a watch along with it as well, um, which is on YouTube somewhere. Where you can just watch the, essentially see the race mm. happening. So I, I really recommend yeah. both of those. You can Sky watch
2: F1. other people watching the race.
0: You can watch Damon <laughs> Hill watching the race. <laughs> I saw the end Ramos of
1: the, third. I saw the end of that on the 08 Brazilian Grand Prix with Massa and someone else.
0: Oh yeah, um,
1: I think one of the commentators. Yeah, uh, they have
0: um, they have about four or five of them on them. They did um, they did Hockenheim last year as well with um, Verstappen and Horner. Oh,
2: that's
0: good. That was quite interesting. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Um, <laughs> question number seven. Now I was thinking of this question, and I think Nigel might have an inkling what it is. So,
2: My good goodness, luck. I'm, I'm good like luck, it Adam. Not.
0: Who did Nelson Piquet overtake around the outside in 1986 for the first
1: Brazilian win? Adam. Oh no, I'm thinking of Prost. No. No, I'm thinking of it over.
2: Uh, it's either Mantel or Senna. I think it was Senna.
0: Is that your final answer?
2: That is my final answer.
0: It is. Ayrton Senna, mm. three-time world champion for Brazil. Um, mm. Nigel Mansell did a stunning move on Senna, I think a couple of That's years right. later when he was in yeah. the Ferrari That's with right. a back, got back marker in the way which I thought was, is a very good move but um, yeah, this is the one where um, they're coming down the main straight to the old turn one and PK sort of power slides it around the outside of Senna right. Yeah, I can but, picture yeah. it mm. It's a, it's a it's handed by many as one of the best moves in Formula 1, purely for
2: don't get that out nowadays, do you?
0: Well, I mean, Kimi did it on that in 2016. He came up the inside <laughs> in Hungary on, oh, whatever it is, one of the final, the right-hand corner just before the last snaky complex. Yeah. Lost the back end and power-slided it through the corner and still came out ahead <laughs> of Felipe Naza. Oh, wow. Um, I thought that was a very good move. It was a complete fluke, but um, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of the Hungarian Grand Prix, question eight. Who replaced Felipe Massa, who was taken ill in the 2017 Adam. Grand Prix? Adam Dickinson.
1: Luca Bader.
0: No. In 2017. Uh. <laughs> I was I, I didn't listen to that. Bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was Paul De Resta. It
0: was. It was P D Resta. That's completely that puts, passed me by. Put, I didn't. Nigel. On six points, one. Yeah, <laughs> um, Adam, you're getting mixed up with Hungary being where Felipe Massa yeah. had the accident.
1: Yeah, I wasn't
0: replacing for in it 2009. It didn't really,
1: it didn't really sound right, but you know, I've got to go for it. Yeah, it, was,
0: it was a worthy guess. I mean, he did replace Felipe Massa.
1: He did after the Hungarian Grand Prix, just not
0: after the Hungarian Grand Prix. Yeah. Not after Hungarian actually it could have been free practice three. I thought as you know, it might have been qualifying. Anyway. Yeah. Um, question nine. Can Adam Maggie come back? Mathematically no, but let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Who was on the front row for last year's Hungarian Grand Prix? Adam. Adam Go.
1: Max Verstappen. And Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm.
2: No. Nigel,
0: Chu, let oh. Let's throw it over to you.
2: I think it's Valtteri Bottas in second.
0: It is. Oh, it's enough. Valtteri Bottas in second, only just as well. I seem to remember. Um, so.
1: Oh yeah, because he had an. Did they both get
0: a point? I don't know. Um, he had an awful yeah.
1: first lap, didn't he?
0: Yeah. And that leads us on to question ten. What position did Bottas finish in the race in 2019?
2: Nigel, uh, Nigel, go. He broke his front wing, and then didn't really fight through the midfield. Watch. So I'm going up fifth. Go, hey.
0: Okay, Adam, what's your guess?
1: Is it the closest wins, or just kind of going into? No, it's, the it's we, not. Until Nigel's we get it. wrong. Um. Oh. I'll be, go eight. <sighs> yes, eight. Oh, that was that's good. Rescuing it a bit at the end. Adam
0: brings it back. And after 10 questions, and, you know, both of you getting nine right, I gave you both a point. Um, <laughs> we have Nigel on one, two, three, four.
2: Five.
0: Nigel on seven. Yes. But Adam, First coming to clutch in second, on three points. So,
1: it just need the four questions. I
0: mean. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel, can, really I, in, can I interest you in a double or nothing? Uh, you can win this twice or yeah. Adam can win it all
2: so does that mean I get an extra point in the series because at the moment we've all won one each
0: no you don't because oh, I haven't okay. run this by both of you um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, happy to, to go it. for that double I'm or nothing you both that. get two wins if you, if you get this point yeah yeah, go, on, yeah, yeah a, go
1: for that
0: here we go for a sudden death round how many seconds did Alonso wait in the pits and block Hamilton for in the pit lane in the 2007 qualifying Adam. debacle? Adam. Adam.
1: Adam. I'll go seven.
0: Okay. Closest win. Okay. It's two.
2: I think it was more than seven. Some of us, Fifteen. Ooh,
0: the answer on the card is ten seconds So Adam's closing yeah. with three <laughs> wow. seconds out. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam has won the quiz twice <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. result
1: that is, I, I can see why you're pleased with the uh, tie break question there that was a very good one
0: yeah. I I, um, I was very upset that you didn't get it organically
2: yeah. no. <laughs> did you have to watch no, that I d-
1: back I don't, I don't think uh, I deserve I the whole I looked pretty quiz pretty I, I, I quite like the idea of you there with your stopwatch kind of watching it as he goes <laughs> in
0: um I I watched the four-hour 2007 season (laughs) review and when it got to hunger, I was like, oh, and I missed it. I had to watch it again.
1: Um, (laughs) I don't um, think I deserve a second win in the quiz for that. But uh, (laughs) it was very good. Very good. And fair play to Nigel because he knew a lot more questions. It was only the 86 Grand Prix, Mm. uh, the first Grand Prix that I actually knew that he got. So that was fair play.
0: That is fair play. But well done on your... You're buzzing in prowess, Adam.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So yeah. That's it for the Hungarian Grand Prix preview, Winging It F1 podcast, you guys. Right. Hope you have enjoyed being here. Have you have you enjoyed it, Adam? If you enjoyed this podcast, yeah, yeah, I have. That's, That's good. Fair. Nigel, have you been, <laughs> have you been? Have you
2: been <laughs> <having> <laughs> it? I always enjoy it. Yeah, oh, this guy's
0: good stuff. Oh, what a guy. Um, guys. we hope you guys are. Beautiful audience have enjoyed it as well. Obviously, the aforementioned, um, not aforementioned. I don't know what I'm talking about. I mentioned it earlier. Anyway, um, to myself. So, yes. So, you can find us on Spotify, Acast, YouTube. And we're now on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing, guys. Apple Podcasts. a real podcast. So, it's as if we're doing it properly. That's a joke. Um, The links are in our Twitters, which mine is fredcoats1999. Adam, where can all your fans
2: find you?
1: Um, all of them can of them. find me at, at adamdickinson01.
2: And yes, Nigel? And all seven of my fans can find me <laughs> at Nigel C. Journal.
0: Seven fans, that's pretty good. We might get record views. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Practice starts really? tomorrow, Friday. Hopefully this can go up on Thursday. Um, qualifying Saturday. Race Sunday. Nothing changed there. Um, as we say, there's a, there's a touch of rain spitting down. Who knows what will happen? We don't know. First new track of 2020 because we've been at Austria only. Although you could argue have been to Barcelona. But we won't. So, we hope you have enjoyed the podcast. Please come back next week for a lot more rambling when we talk about the Hungarian Grand Prix, which will presumably be amazing. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye.